0: Ladies and gentlemen, saints and missionaries, welcome to Beyond Damascus, the show that brings you the life-changing encounters of ordinary people that launch them into lives of extraordinary mission. When St. Paul encountered the living God on the road to Damascus, he became a missionary to the nations. Praise the Lord. My name is Dan Dimite, and I'm joined here in studio with my good friend and brother in Christ, Aaron Richards. Hi, everybody. How are you doing today, Aaron?
1: This is the best day.
0: Is it the best day? Why is it the best day?
1: Every day. Because
0: Jesus Christ is Lord. I've got good news for all of our listeners today. Jesus is risen from the dead, all right? (laughs) He is alive. He is not dead. And so, because Jesus is alive, you too, my friends, can share here in his resurrected life, and that is what christianity is all about we are dead to sin and alive in christ jesus amen and jesus christ wants to restore all that is broken and make it new and today we're talking about the restoration the revival of marriage and in a culture that is so broken when it comes to marriage and family life jesus christ says guess what i have divine solutions and i am the healer of all things and all people and all relationships and jesus christ is the answer mm-hmm to the crisis of marriage and family that we're seeing in our world today. So we've got good news. So we're going to open with prayer.
1: Let's do it, Aaron. In the name Take of the Father it. and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. <laughs> amen. God, we love you. Thank you for always surprising us by the fact that you are deeply concerned with our own circumstances, with our own relationships, and with our lives. God, you want to see us succeed more than we do. You want to see us happy more than we do. God, you want to see us living in lives that are fulfilled more than we do. We pray that you will begin to show us what your plan is for our relationships, what your plan is for our futures. Jesus, let us see the relationships that we have in our lives. For those of us who are married, Lord, let us see our marriages. Let us see our spouses the way that you do. We pray for revival in our families in Jesus' name praise in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Amen. Oh, Aaron, I'm just, you know why I'm excited? Because I think, um, well, our guest is going to be awesome today.
1: So that's pretty exciting. absolutely true. You know, Dan, we did a show on families, and we didn't even have anybody here except the two of us. Exactly. Our guest is so awesome, and one of the main qualifications is that, She's a woman.
0: <laughs> is that what makes her awesome? That's one of the things. Come yeah. on, we were we were answering a bunch of things about uh, uh, family life, and it, it is you know it's it's so beautiful that God calls a complementarity of sexes to really um, bring strategies into family life and marriages that will will uh, yeah. will bring sanctification. And so uh, I just, Aaron, right now when we look at the world today, where you know it's it's hard because marriage is hard, and there's a lot of brokenness, and uh, you know I think a lot. Of, Uh, it's sad sometimes I'm talking to audiences of young people Mm -hmm. on like dating and chastity talks or um, about like the theology of uh, human sexuality or theology of the body and this startling realization that like, oh my goodness, like unless we do things differently than the rest of the world, you are uh, just as likely to end up divorced uh, as you are to stay married, right? If if 50% or so marriages are ending in divorce, then our children have like a 50-50% Odds that they're going to remain marriage, and and it's neat because Jesus says, "I am the way, the truth, and the life." And I love to say, like, "Are we going to date according to God's plan? Are we going to have human relationships according to God's plan? Or Are we going to do it like everyone else? And if we do it like everyone else, like, then we're going to go the way of everyone else." Yep.
1: Yep. Um, yeah. Uh, absolutely. And we and we have the opportunity. We have the the potential to actually change the way that our kids to impact the way that our kids um, view relationship and view marriage. Yeah, Uh, I mean, some, yeah, so many times, you know, we're asking ourselves, how can I be a better parent? How can I actually um, set my kids up for success? I mean, how much of our energy do we as parents put into uh, like sports teams and education where I'm thinking, man, I need to prepare for every aspect of my child's future that I need to set them on the right path so that they can have a successful career so that they can buy a nice house so that they can provide, but you know how many how many times have have we ever actually sat to think about like how do I actually set my kid up to having a healthy and life giving marriage? Amen. How do I actually set my my child up to learn how to be in relationship in a way that's not self focused in a way that is um, calling him or her to be a a, a gift right into that? And you know,
0: marriage in the Catholic context is a consecrated way of living, and yeah. when we say you're consecrated. That means that you're set apart as holy, and if if our marriages are going to be set apart, and mm-hmm. if our relationships as husband and wife are going to be set apart, it, it probably means we should look different than the rest of the world, right? Like, you, I love Jesus. Uh, um, he's, he's a good man, and he's got a lot of these good thoughts. You know, it's like he's he's smart or something. And and he had this one really neat thing he said one time where he talked about this wide path that leads to destruction, and there are many who are on it, but then the the Narrow path that leads to life, and you know the. It, I, and he says, "There's only f- a few who find it. The, if a few find the narrow path and are walking on the narrow path, and then there's a wide path that leads to destruction." When I think about my marriage, I want to make sure that my marriage looks different than mainstream marriage yeah. because if it looks like everyone else's, if I'm living the same American dream as opposed to living God's kingdom dreams, if I'm living for the same American mm. conference as opposed to God's kingdom, if I if if everything is the same as everyone else. Then how do I know that I'm on the narrow path that leads to life, right? And and uh and
1: you should write a book on that.
0: Yeah, so if you need if if you if you'd like to read a book, I've got a book. Uh my wife and I wrote a great book. Thank you for that commercial. I'll just continue with it. Uh we have a great book called Three Secrets to Holiness in Marriage. It's a 33-day self-guided retreat for married couples so that you can have a retreat at home that leads you through how to have a consecrated marriage, how to yeah. to live different than everyone else and and uh, it's really neat because it's um, it's it, it enables. There's discussion questions at the end of every like page, and there's a uh, prayer for spouses. And it, it's what, what we've heard is it gets people talking about things they haven't ever talked about as couples. Mm-hmm. And and that's the most important thing is that you're living with intentionality. And there, there's never really. I mean, it's hard to have like clear like right and wrong answers that you have to do it this way. But there has to be intentionality. And in order yeah. to have intentionality, you have to have conversation, and a lot. Of Times we just don't know what questions to ask ourselves, and so we ask them for you. And so, three secrets to holiness in marriage. It's a great uh, little retreat for you and your spouse. Great, awesome. So we're gonna we're gonna uh, bring in our guest today, and she's gonna talk about uh, the great work she's doing in the Dawson Office of Marriage and Family Life, and we'll share a little bit about the the awesome opportunity we have to bring revival to the Catholic Church uh, through. Awesome, vibrant marriages, and so we're going to take a short break. When we come back on the flip side, you're going to hear from Stephanie Rap, and she's actually going to rap for us. She's promised me this, uh, and so so don't go anywhere. <laughs> I can't let that go unanswered. No, it, it's not going to happen. That's not true. I promise, it's not true. But <laughs> but it's going to be great anyway. All right, we will be right back.
1: <laughs> when I was outside of the church, there was always an unsettled feeling. There was always a feeling of something missing. And something not complete. The, the deal clincher is we found our way to our, our parish, and we met just an incredible pastor. We learned things that we had never been taught. Wouldn't be the person that I am without the church and without the sacraments, particularly the Eucharist. I can't live without it. If you've been away from the Catholic Church, visit CatholicsComeHome.org. Want the latest pro-life news?
2: Want it delivered? Sign up. It's free. EWTN Pro-Life Weekly, your source for everything happening now in the fight to protect the sanctity of human life. New episodes delivered every week to your inbox. So if you really want to know,
3: sign up today.
2: Go to EWTN.com forward slash today.
0: Welcome back to Beyond Damascus, a show that brings you the life-changing encounters of ordinary people that live lives of extraordinary mission. All Uh right. Aaron, we are going to hear the life-changing encounter of an ordinary woman who is living an extraordinary mission. I don't know about ordinary. Well, the extraordinary transformed in <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, so here in our studio, we are excited to welcome the uh, Diocesan Coordinator for Marriage and Family Life with the Diocese of Columbus. So let's give it up for Stephanie Ray. Welcome, Stephanie. Thank welcome, you welcome. so much. So Stephanie, I feel like we... Uh, have a natural bond because you're from New Jersey and yes. my wife's from New Jersey, and mm. I've, I've come to discover that a a, per, a a woman, especially or a Jersey girl, is different <laughs> than any other creature in, um, in God's creation, and so uh, <laughs> so I appreciate your your background, and I am excited just to let you share your story with our audience.
3: Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, yeah thank you. Here. When'd
0: you come to Ohio?
3: Um, gosh, like a. 11 years ago. It's been about a decade. Okay.
0: A little over a decade. Does the great um, OHIO live up to the, the expectations moving from Jersey?
3: You know, well, I actually didn't move from Jersey. Grew up there, went to college in Florida.
0: Oh, perfect. Nice. And then
3: my husband and I moved here for him to go to law school. Awesome. So I would say yes, because we didn't plan on staying, but we liked it so much, we're still here <laughs> 10 years later. Even in, in,
1: in spite yes. of the lack of oceans. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so if you're in the Office of Marriage and Family Life
0: mm-hmm. and you're directing this office, I'm assuming that you are married and have children. So what's kind of the, the makeup of your family?
3: Yes, yes. So i um, been married to my wonderful husband for actually at the end of this month will be 10 years awesome thank you and we have um a daughter who liliana who is four and Mm -hmm. a half and then liam who's two and a half almost three and then um a little boy on the way
0: awesome praise the lord that's so good Mm -hmm. awesome so uh, we are really excited to hear how you came to faith in jesus christ so Mm -hmm. what was it that kind of just brought you into uh, a love for the man who is love himself
3: well, you know, when you asked this question before, I, I was thinking about it, and I was like, to be honest, I there was not a time that I wasn't in love with him. Mm, you thank, know, I, thank you, Jesus. I, well, and you talk so <laughs> much about families, and I was blessed to be born into a family that my mom was Catholic. My dad was not Catholic at the time, but agreed to raise us Catholic and mm-hmm. was supportive of that, um, so baptized as an infant and raised in the faith. So I really do not remember a time that I did not believe and even my husband will be like you were just given the gift of faith yeah young. like as wow. long as i remember um as far back as i i can remember like if i was alone i was talking to god you oh, know awesome. probably most of the time like out loud <laughs> like yeah. so just
0: talking to <laughs> why but, is that crazy um, girl talking but- <laughs> to herself
3: <laughs> um but but truly it was um a a relationship from the beginning that yeah. of course looks different as you mature and learn more and have different experiences and he um reaches out to you in different ways. Yep. But um it really I don't remember a time that I didn't have that, which I'm so blessed.
0: With. Yeah, I love that you say that you were talking to him even like when you were young. Like what was that conversation like? Do you oh, Gosh,
3: I don't know. <laughs> I just I don't know. I don't know what my little prayers were at the time, but I know he was always a friend yeah. A, you know, um, someone that obviously offered comfort yeah. and love and, and all of that yeah. from the beginning. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. And someone I wanted to share with others. Like I remember, like I said, my dad was not Catholic at the time, and I would go to CCD. We, I went to public school and stuff, and I went to CCD, and I'd come home, and I'd like teach him. I wanted him to know the prayer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because, like I knew that there was something that needed to be shared, That's someone awesome. that needed to be shared.
1: How do you preserve that mm-hmm. same uh, spiritual life in your family today?
3: Oh, it's so fun, isn't it? So it's just so fun to family life, marriage, and family life is the best. And I just I that's I a good feel,
1: perspective from the director of. Yeah. Marriage
3: <laughs> yes. Well, then I'm like I'm so blessed that my day job I'm learning all these things that how to be even a better parent myself. Oh yeah, exactly. You know, and I'm like, oh, like, am I reading this for fun and for pleasure or for my job? Because it's really uh-huh. it's, it's really the all the same. same. Yep. <laughs> that's awesome. Yes, and um, we really. Um, I'm trying to think specifically. We want it to be joyful. Yeah. And again, like we were just saying, is he's a person, you yeah. know, that it's a relationship. So really just bringing Jesus in to everything we do. You know, at night we're talking about where did you see Jesus today? And mm-hmm. it could be in anything, you know, whatever. Oh, my gosh. And it's so fun to see what the kids say, uh, yeah. too. It could be like family member or something that happened in school or like the birds or, you know, when they yeah. get to hear what we say. <laughs> and it's it's just really fun. And, of course, with... All the resources that parents have now, I think we're so lucky with, you know, the camps like you guys do. And just there's all the songs and just different opportunities that really... Um, helps parents to be able to just share the faith with them and share Jesus with that them. is great. It's so fun.
0: So Aaron and I are directors of a, a young uh, middle school and high school age uh, camp called Catholic Youth Summer Camp, and I know that in high school you grew up going to Young Life Camps, which is kind mm-hmm. of, we, on, honestly, Young Life Camp is a evangelical version of what we do, but we mm-hmm. kind of modeled ourselves after what they were doing, because mm-hmm. they were introducing so many young people to this life-changing encounter with Jesus Christ in such a personal and intimate way, and we wanted, in a Catholic context. Context to really introduce young people into that personal relationship with Jesus Christ. So, when you were in uh, middle school and high school, and you were getting involved in Young Life camp and stuff like that, how did that relationship with Jesus Christ get uh, kind of ignited and flourish? Oh,
3: that was that was huge. Mm-hmm. Young Life God truly used Young Life um, in a huge way in my life. And at the time, there wasn't a Catholic option, yeah. or else um,
0: you would have been. Um, there. Why did you but- come to Catholic Youth <laughs> Summer Camp when it didn't exist?
3: Right. <laughs> <laughs> what were your parents oh, yeah. thinking? <laughs> well, and. Uh, funny enough, our Young Life leaders were Catholic. Yeah. So we still, you know, it was still Mass (laughs) on Sundays and everything and then we had Young Life Club on Tuesdays and everything. Um, But it, I remember the reason why I started going is I was at a friend's house and her mom told her, you're going to Young Life tonight and she was like, I'm not going unless Steph goes. (laughs) So she turned to me and and she was like, are you going to come with me? And I was like, oh, sure. I mean, I was, for it but i didn't know what it was yeah um and had a great time and then of course they start promoting camp and i remember them saying it will be the best week of your life mm-hmm. and i remember being like i'm excited and everything but that's kind of a, a big promise <laughs> you know Going i was expecting that, church camp's not right?
0: gonna be the best week of my life <laughs> right. yeah
3: you're like that's a lot to live up to um but i i will say that up until i mean obviously things change once you get married and from then on like that obviously was the best was yet to come, oh, but yes. up, until, up until then, yeah. um, the weeks at Young Life Camp were truly the best weeks of my life and That's life-changing, awesome. and I remember the very first time going, and same thing, like you said, it's very, it sounds very similar to Catholic Youth mm-hmm. Summer Camp with the activities and just the, the immense joy and mm-hmm. the fellowship there. It's like you're in a different world. Like It's, it's, it's amazing, um, but at the end, and they're, going, they're talking about the gospel throughout the whole week. And at the end, they give all the campers 20 minutes of silence and you just go wherever you want. And that's your 20 minutes just with God. And I remember hearing the gospel in a different way that mm-hmm. week. You know, like you said, it was definitely um, a significant encounter. And when I was led deeper yeah. and having 20 minutes, I mean, to be like 14, I was either 14, 15 um, and 20 minutes, no distractions, not with friends, not with mm-hmm. family, but just you and God and silence and outside and It just, um, Jesus definitely let himself known. So it's just the peace and the love and the comfort. And it was, that was the first year. And then of course I had to go back. (laughs) So I went back every summer and I was mentioning to you earlier that they would encourage you if you're coming back to experience that again, you should be bringing, I forget if they put a number on it, but it was like, you do not come back alone because this is to share.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, it's good and, marketing, young life.
0: <laughs> oh, that was, well, but, but, but that honestly, is Christianity, right? It's not about me and Jesus. It's yes. about me and Jesus and the body of Christ. Right. Like, And I've got to bring – I'm not trying to get myself to heaven. I'm trying to get as many souls as possible right. with and me to heaven. And you
3: don't keep them to yourself. Yeah. You go and share. And honestly, that naturally happens, too. Yep. I mean, when you have that encounter with Christ, you – you don't stay the same, yep. you know, and you're talking about him, and you want to share mm-hmm. that. So, um, but Young Life made it very easy to do that when you yeah. have awesome activities and things to like bring your friends to. Exactly, yeah. it's and not
0: dorky
1: to bring your kid, your friends to a camp, you know. While, like, yeah, while, while we're on, it on that great, topic, yeah. uh, parents. If if you're inspired by by that testimony from Stephanie, certainly you should be. Um, there, there's really there's nothing better than than that five day. Encounter to actually unplug from the world and to be lit on fire on mission. I remember, you know, some of the most impactful experiences that I had in high school were were those retreats and those mm-hmm. trips. And um, and w- what we've seen at Catholic Youth Summer Camp is that s- the Lord can accomplish so much when we give Him opportunity to do it when we actually put ourselves in His presence and and ask Him, you know, God, I'm going to give you this week. I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you these twenty minutes. I'm going to give you this this weekend. And, um, if you're looking for opportunity for that, if you're thinking, man, my son, my daughter, my grandson, my granddaughter could use that, um, check out Catholic Youth Summer Camp at CYSC.com. I know right now, um, if you're, if you're listening to a recording on this, chances are if you log on to Catholic Youth Summer Camp, CYSC.com, um, our registration will be open. I know right now we've, we've still got some spots available for the summer of 2019. And, um, it would be it'd be worth your time, certainly, to go and investigate that as an opportunity for your kids.
0: Yeah, we offer camp for middle schoolers and high schoolers. So current fifth graders can go to camp. And I think there's something so profound about those middle school years, introducing them to the life with Christ young. Um, they say nowadays, like what used to be uh, the issues that kids were facing in high school, now they're facing in middle school. And so getting them on that right journey with Jesus Christ and making – and I love what you, you said, Stephanie, because it's all about a joy-filled community that leads you to this encounter with Jesus Christ, that it's, uh, there's something about joy, that joy in and of itself is an encounter with Jesus, right? Like, it's and- like, it's a fruit of the spirit. <laughs> oh,
1: <wow. or>
0: <laughs> Amazing. But no, like just when you see a community of people who truly aren't, <laughs> aren't like forced happiness, but are authentically, mm-hmm. uh, and they're, they're just, they're on, they're, they're filled with joy. It's mm-hmm. like, I want that. I want that. I want, and so many high schoolers, um, they they want that but they don't that's not their experience in high school right, right. like high schools are so Dark. Sometimes you're like, why is everyone so angry? Like, I remember like going into school sometimes. I'm like, why are people like? Why aren't you smiling? It's it got to be like it takes more effort to have that face right now. I, I like to I like it takes to say more
1: muscles to frown and to smile. Exactly.
0: I, I've often, like there's there's that phrase uh, RBF. You know, I won't actually say the phrase, but I always say I want resting joy face. And we've been praying that we would just have like a release of resting joy face that all of us our normal disposition would be a face full of joy and that's what you live stephanie that's awesome so so you're you you are raised in the faith you Mm -hmm. you love jesus you're a crazy person who talks out loud to jesus all throughout (laughs) the day that's good um so i guess since this is a show on marriage you should probably tell us like how'd you fall in love and meet your husband and all that fun stuff
3: oh you know well, to, I know. I'm like, how did do you, did I prepare for that, Dan? <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's a great story, but I mean, it could take up the rest of the, <laughs> the show. Um, but we actually met through a mutual friend. So I met a friend in college that knew him from high school. Yeah. So she introduced us, and um, it, I was actually dating someone else at the time. So it wasn't even like an introduced to date. It was just we were in the same place at the same time. Yeah. Um, but then through through conversations and becoming friends. And like I said, I'm going to break it down shorter. Um, then he, he definitely pursued me and kind of knew Quicker than I did that this was, and even hmm. when we when we eventually did start dating, it was pretty early on that he had said like I'm gonna. Well, actually, it was before we started dating. <laughs> he he said like I'm gonna marry you one day, and I was like, I don't know. <laughs> hey, creeper. <laughs> take well, obviously my phone not creeper because I still <laughs> yeah, dated yeah, him well, I and still wanted to talk to him, but um, but he was he definitely um, pursued me and knew, yeah. and it was awesome, and and clearly he was right.
0: Mm-hmm. Praise um, the Lord.
3: <laughs> So we dated a year we're engaged a year and now I've been married almost 10 nice so he's wonderful
0: so how have you guys made your marriage mission focused
3: hmm well um, let's say I mean right away even when we were engaged we were always like reading like books similar to like what you were just talking about mm-hmm. with that you and amber wrote so even just going into marriage and preparing for what our vocation and what our marriage is going to be like I feel like before that, we had plenty of conversations about what our what our marriage was and was going to look like and what our hopes were. Were then, of course, it's the challenge to live that out yeah. in everyday life. Um, number one, I think, is openness to life. Amen. Of course, yeah. so um, and that's something that we obviously learned about through the church and and through taking NFP classes through the diocese that that through the office that I now work for. Actually, our NFP coordinator is who taught. Craig and I, NFP.
0: awesome. Um,
3: and we went through the Pre-Kena there, and yep. actually that was one of the things we, we did is started volunteering for pre when awesome. we were newlyweds as yeah. well. So right there was is kind of a more obvious mission of wanting to share marriage yeah. and our love for each other and our love for God's design for marriage with engaged couples. <laughs> um, and that actually got me connected to the office, which yeah. eventually I to work for i like, so, prayed that i could work for yeah, so
1: often i, I think our, our diocesan offices are like this this mysterious place that's shrouded in secrecy <laughs> okay. um, we, we've got some amazing work coming out of our diocese praise the lord yes. and uh, i wonder stephanie can you share with us like, what is the mission of the marriage and family life office
3: yes well of course overall mission for all of us right is to always be calling everyone into a deeper relationship with Jesus yeah. Christ. So I mean that's always the consistent um married not married
0: yeah any, evangelization of right? Jesus. Amen.
3: Um of course our office focuses on marriage um and families but everyone's part of a family too. So yeah. really most of the time I'm saying like I don't know what doesn't fall under our office
1: <laughs> because honestly like we're the family really, of God. So yes.
3: <laughs> the family of God and parishes are made up of families yeah. and you were everyone was born into a family, you know, so it yeah. really um covers a, a wide range but our main main focuses are marriage preparation and of course that's not just immediate preparation when you're engaged but really even encouraging parents and stuff in preparing kids for marriage or whatever vocation but the gift of self and that whole and the whole idea from birth you know obviously modeling that in your own family so marriage preparation from birth on um, that's so good.
0: I love that. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yes, yes. So good.
3: I mean, it's it's necessary. It has yeah. to be, you know, so obviously we're more involved in the immediate prep when we're doing yeah. pre and those things, mm-hmm. but really trying to equip um, parishes and ministries and schools to help the parents to be doing that from day one, because, of yeah. course, that's the first time kids experience God, love, all of that yeah. is, in, is in the family. Um, so marriage prep, natural family planning and fertility awareness. Also, marriage enrichment. But I will say, our we minister to the ministers, so Mm -hmm. a lot of times we might seem hidden because it's we're meeting with the parish leaders, (laughs) you know, because they're the ones who meet with families. Yeah. You know, so um, we don't have a parish of our own. We're here to be a resource for all the people who are doing the work at the parish level, or or the ministry level, or the school level. Um, But it's such. It's such a gift to be able to do that, yeah. you know, and I think the church, we need to be equipped to do that because yeah. parents and families are going to come to us with so many different needs. There are so many complex situations and we need to be ready to love and show, share Jesus no matter what. Yeah. Like it
0: yeah, especially in today's culture. I'm sure it is hard because there's so many different um kinds of families that we're trying to minister to and like how do you love them where they're at but and call them into what god wants for their their lives Mm -hmm. and so why were you attracted to like all the different missions in the church why were you attracted to the, the marriage and family life office
3: well i'd say it started when i started getting involved in ministry or service it wasn't with marriage and family specifically um i volunteered at well i didn't volunteer um I worked at a homeless shelter for families when I was in college and I went there. Actually, someone spoke at one of our campus ministries and was talking about um, serving the poor. And I felt an, a call to do that mm-hmm. and got a job there. This was in Tampa for the summer. And then by the end, I mean, I could not leave that would talk about like, mm. like again, encounter with Christ through those people and those kids. And it was um, another life changing experience and felt the call to um, service and social work as a career. Yeah. So, um, had experiences with ch- like getting a job at Children's Services. Went back when we moved here for my husband to go to law school. I got my uh, master's in social work and started serving in um other ways first so again it wasn't specifically marriage right away yeah so um i worked in some anti-human trafficking efforts and then in providing mental health services to kids and families that's awesome so i looking back i could see how god like directed it to ultimately get here Mm -hmm. especially being able to work with families that were going through so many different things
0: yeah
3: um But then, of course, so I'm in the social work world in my career and then obviously married and called to the vocation of marriage. And Craig and I are sharing our experiences of pre-Kena and loving marriage. And then I started when people would ask me what I want to do with my career or like what was the next step I started, I was like, I want to work for the diocese. like I wanted to be <laughs> in ministry. And when I started looking for another job, the first place I looked, diocesan website, this was open. And wow. I was like, okay, God, yeah, and thank you, Lord. I applied and I, and same thing. I like prayed and prayed. And I was, I was, of course was like, I want whoever's supposed to be in this position to be in this position. If it's not me, it's not, I mean, I want it to be me, but if it's not me, God, it's up to you. and, he, I'm just humbled that i'm here and able to do yes. this. yes,
0: so how can we bring revival to marriage ministry in the u s how what's what is like what, what are is, the needs what are the needs yeah
3: <laughs> well honestly' the what you guys were saying before about married couples yeah. being witnesses i mean your the whole intro to this show I was shaking my head i was like yes yes this is this is what we need is to um not only see marriage, of course it's a vocation and is to sanctify us and your spouse, you know, you're getting your spouse to heaven, your kids to heaven, modeling that love to them, but also your marriage being a gift to the world, you Mm -hmm. know, and being able to be that witness. I think that's just huge. Like we need to be that, that change, you know, against the culture you were just talking about that has, has a completely different view of what marriage is. So I think, I think first is that, um,
0: I I actually just really love that. I think that so often um, uh, there's this pervasive um, idea in, I I would say, like the young Catholic culture of young uh, on-fire Catholics who end up getting married, Mm -hmm. there's this... They become almost insular where they, they, the, everything becomes about the mission of their family. And it's like, well, I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't do this because I have to do everything with my family. And, yeah. uh, and like you said, the parish is a family of families and I'm not meant to live my vocation as, as, as family by myself as family. I'm meant to live my vocation as family in a community of families. And so my family being, Integrately involved in the church parish community is the way I express my yeah. my vocation and and my mission <laughs> is marriage it's my wife it's my kids but it's not just that my yeah. mission I'm a lay person I, we're all like our mission is the world we are Jesus Christ in the secular world, and so if I'm like, oh, I'm going to be married, and I'm going to live this awesome Catholic family life, and I'm going to do it by r- running away from the world and no longer being like participating in anything the world does. That's actually yeah. a, a misunderstanding of the Catholic lay theology that we're supposed to be the the we the marriage marriage and family makes the love of Jesus Christ and His love for the Church and the people of God incarnate yeah. in the world, and it's just an
1: awesome reality. Yeah, and and, and to to continue to develop that, like marriage should actually make you more of who God has called you to be. Right. Mm -hmm. So if you're, if you're involved in a personal mission in your life, you know, whether that mission is Catholic radio or whether that mission is Catholic summer camp or Damascus or, or, you know, whether that mission is a secular
0: job, absolutely
1: that, that, that entering into your relationship, like should never call you out of the passion that God's placed on your heart for mission. Mm -hmm. And I think for, for so many people, it's like, man, um, you know, this was, this was the call that God had on my heart for a season, but now that God's calling me into this new thing, it's time for me to let the old thing go. Mm -hmm. But it's like, no, if, if, if God has given you a mission and a purpose and a, and a, a passion in your life, like that's actually an indicator for you of, of what God's direction is going to be in your marriage. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. that, that should be, that should be actually accented and highlighted and amplified By Mm -hmm. the way, that you're called to give your life to another person. Right.
3: And I think about how God obviously designed marriage and gave us the gift of marriage, um, but also he uses that to describe his love for us. Amen. You know, so just thinking about if we are a sign that then points others to how God loves us and the relationship with him and and his bride, um, Mm. that can't just be kept inside. You know, that has yeah. to be By shared, definition. you know, and of, <laughs> right. and of course your kids are also going to see that and your uh-huh. marriage is going to thrive yeah. Um, because like you said, if God's um, calling you to a mission, your vocation as a married couple is going to enhance that mission and vice versa. Amen. You know, it's all going to work together. Amen.
1: Yep. So. Um, I, I, I love that. I love the passion that you have for this ministry. It's, it's so good. Um, I wonder like what. What glory stories have you seen in your own work in marriage ministry in the diocese? Where have you seen, like, what have been your proudest moments of seeing the fruit of your work?
3: Mm -hmm. Those are good questions. Um, I think something that goes along with what we're talking about with being a witness is different things we're trying to do with marriage prep. Yeah. Um, Seeing that engaged couples need need couples that are witnessing mm-hmm. and what married life is like. And it doesn't mean they need to be perfect, because I think that's another misconception. It's like, well, my marriage not isn't perfect, so I'm not able to share. Oh, yeah.
0: My wife and I are know? joyfully dysfunctional. <laughs>
1: <laughs> not me.
3: <laughs> we got it all together.
1: Uh-huh.
3: <laughs> but But... Young people, well, all people need genuine relationships, and they mm-hmm. need to see it modeled. And just like we talk about, our kids are going to learn love from seeing us yeah. and our relationships with our spouse and stuff. I think just again, the world needs to see that as well. So being able to share that in some of some experiences, I hear of, of people who through marriage prep are able to have mentor couples and grow in relationship with another couple that they admire that is able to like share Jesus with them. Mm-hmm. And the vocation of marriage is really beautiful, and I think that's where a lot of um, change and growth is going to happen. Yep. as well. So. Yeah.
0: I love that. Praise the Lord. I, I I wonder could you speak to just because you're such a witness to joy and um and we were talking about joy earlier and the power of joy even at like young life camp in your life. How can we bring more joy into marriage? That's
3: a good question too. Um <laughs> well and I think Well, first of course, the answer is always Jesus, right? So we need to (laughs) individually. Yeah, (laughs) 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 I'll always start there. Can't go wrong. Um, So personally, individually, of course, spending time with the Lord, and then as a couple, I'm sure you've probably touched on this, possibly in other shows too. Just the power of prayer as a couple, as well, to keep that joy going. in my opinion, if you have kids, I learned so much about joy from my children, mm-hmm. just seeing the immense joy that they have and what they, everything's a big deal and everything is so fun. And I know that that has um, really impacted me, but also um, I would encourage spouses to have fun with their spouse. Like even some of our events, like of course, retreats and and all these things and speakers, all wonderful. But we also we need to be dating each other, joking around with each other, mm-hmm. you know, having a good time because I know that like life gets busy, it's hectic, we all have a ton of responsibilities, but I do agree with you that joy needs to be um, joy and fun and laughter still needs to be there, yeah all the time. Exactly. You know, and I think I would say events and, and programs and stuff, but to be honest, sometimes I don't always think that's the answer, because married life is not always lived at events and retreats and stuff, you know, like you need to be living that out every day. And even if there are times that it's not joyful um, and there are hard times in in marriage, that doesn't mean it's any less special or important or Christ filled, you know? And sometimes it's those sacrifices and those tough times that you're even closer or you can experience Jesus in a completely different way, you know? So um.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I've got a great test. So, uh, and, and I think that it's, it's in diving into those moments that are hard that you can actually find the true and authentic meaning and and value of joy. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, we're raising a one-year-old right now, and she is awesome in every way, except for her sleep schedule. And <laughs> um, I was actually—I just had such a good moment of joyfulness with my wife the other day. Of, um, I mean, I don't know, parents, if you've gone through that process, all of you have. Like, how many times is it, are those days and months and and years potentially of like? Uh, of learning how to function on an unhealthy level of sleep. Like how many right. times does that result in frustration and anxiety or breakdown of relationship and breakdown of communication? And um, Monica and I just got to share such like a, a beautiful moment of like joyful resignation um, just yesterday about the fact that, yeah, this is miserable and we are, we are entering in together and we're going to be like, we're going to partner in this process and see through, see it through um, together. And like the value of having a partner to share and challenge together Mm -hmm. and um, and to suffer joyfully and to and to engage in that process of realizing that I'm not in this alone.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And that and that actually even when times are challenging, like this is an opportunity for me to enter into the joy of the Lord. Mm -hmm. Amen to that. I love that. I I like to try to.
0: just make sure our schedule's not so packed, so that we leave time for spontaneous fun too. Like you were mm-hmm. saying, like just having fun as a family. Of like, because uh, I think sometimes I know that when it's the hardest on our family life is like when we're going, 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 and there's not downtime, and it's so it's the downtime where the spontaneous wild things happen that are just goofy, and mm-hmm. um, and so just being able to make sure that the way of life we create as a family isn't so programmed and so scheduled that there's not the freedom of just fun as a family and or at least scheduling fun you know like uh scheduling like family family nights where it's a game night or it's a movie night or or like scheduling days where you're just going to spend like a couple hours together, goofing Mm -hmm. off and being intentional, I think is always so important just to, I just, I, yeah, I mean, there's nothing better than, um, a a family laughing together. And Mm -hmm. I think that's my, my greatest hope as a, um, as a dad is that someday that our, our, our kitchen table so our kitchen table is um uh is often very loud and goofy and wild and there's crazy stories that we're sharing around the table and um and i want to make my family table like the dinner table so joyful that when the kids are older they want to come back right Mm -hmm. and that they they would sit around the table and spend time and laughter together and um and I just pray that the Lord would would restore laughter in families again, you know, and mm-hmm. just restore laughter in marriages. Um, mm-hmm. That it, it, not everything is so serious. Yep. <laughs> yep. That's um, true. Stephanie, if you could do, mm-hmm. if you could say anything to the world about marriage and family, because like, you can. What is it right now? <laughs> Jesus is giving you a microphone. What do you want married couples, married couples, to know?
3: Um, I would say let Jesus be the foundation of your marriage. Yeah. Um rely on the graces of the sacrament of marriage and that it's um marriage is a big deal. Like those like the sacrifices you were just talking about or some of the joyful suffering or the the little moments of play, those are all big deals, mm-hmm. you know, and we could truly live that out every day with God's grace and just seeing those little moments as ways that we could become more holy and more like Jesus and give of ourselves and therefore be showing the world more of him.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, your your Yes Matters listeners, your marriage matters, you are um absolutely necessary in the kingdom of god i, I am just to bring that back like in ephesians chapter 5 uh, st paul tells us that um our marriage is a a vision a sign a picture that points to god's marriage with the church and like you're making god's love incarnate in the world and i just thank you for that i thank you for making uh, jesus's love so present in this world because without you um the sign and the picture of of uh of jesus's love may not be seen to to everyday people and so so keep doing that and uh stephanie we've been so blessed to have you on our show we're going to take a quick break and uh, when we come back we will uh, let you know how you can learn more about uh, stephanie and the work that she's doing all right you're listening to beyond damascus a co-production of saint gabriel catholic radio and ewtn radio and carried across the ewtn global catholic radio network we'll be right back
2: EWTN, teaching the truth.
0: I'm a cab driver, and
1: uh, I drive only at night. Many of my customers are single mothers, people with negative attitudes and, you know, rude, and some of them are just plain nasty people. Uh, And I just want to praise God for this radio station, and I want to use it as a tool to introduce Jesus Christ to those who may not know Him or refuse to accept Him.
0: EWTN, live truth, live Catholic.
2: The 2020 calendar from the Shrine of the Most Blessed Sacrament is here. This special edition captures the essence of the daily life of the poor Clare nuns of perpetual adoration. Inside, you will find beautiful imagery of the Shrine and the many celebrations that take place season after season. You can also pray the novenas the sisters pray and follow the liturgical year. The Shrine of the Most Blessed Sacrament 2020 calendar. Order yours today at EWTNRC.com.
0: Welcome back to Beyond Damascus, a show that brings you the life-changing encounters of ordinary people that live lives of extraordinary mission. Yes. We just got done listening to the awesome Amazing. testimony and missionary activity of Stephanie Rapp. If uh, Listeners, if you're like, wow, I really want to get a hold of Stephanie and find out what she's doing, you can uh, contact her in her office at familylife@columbuscatholic.org. That's familylife@columbuscatholic.org. All right, Aaron, so what is on your mind? What stuck out to you the most about that last segment? Ah,
1: Stephanie's so cool. Man, that's great. And you know what? I I love when we focus on um, unique areas within the church. I think sometimes our tendency can be to uh, look at a ministry like youth ministry, or um, in this case, marriage ministry, and say that because this doesn't apply to me, that this isn't a message that I need to um, be an advocate of. This isn't a message that I need to be impacted by. Um, this isn't a message that I need to open my heart to. I I would urge all of our listeners, specifically if you are not married or if you were married and you've experienced divorce in your family, if you've, if you've been widowed, right? That, that, that we might enter into this conversation about the good of marriage precisely because it's a revelation of what. What is God's image, right? Of what is God's nature? That, that marriage exists as a, as a sign of the reality of God's presence, of God's love, of the way that God wants to impact our church. That doesn't mean that you have to do it. That doesn't mean that you have to be a part of it. Um, but it does mean that there's tremendous value. And I would even suggest that, uh, as, as individuals in the church who are struggling, In their marriage who are struggling with the idea of marriage who've been wounded by marriage like it is it is more your call to actually um to actually carry this banner of this unique way that god desires to impact the world and and what a what a beautiful uh call that would be you know as we advocate for marriage as as the saying goes like the rising tide raises every ship that if if i can be a ceaseless advocate especially of the vocations that i'm not engaged in Man, how my life will be blessed! Hmm. So, so I'd like to join. Um, I'd like to join all of us just in, in lifting our prayer for marriages. God bless marriages today, yes, Lord um, Jesus. We pray in your name, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, that you, Lord, would um, bless every marriage that's struggling. Would, br- would bless every marriage in our families, and particularly, Lord, uh, particularly, Lord, for those people who are who have been wounded by marriage, for those people who are not engaged. In, in a marriage, um, God, that you would speak to their hearts, that you would speak to our hearts, and that you would allow us to uh, to, to to join with you in celebrating the good that you want to do in the lives of, of families. Mm, thank you, Jesus.
0: Yeah, Aaron, I, I love your wife one time, uh, Monica. She said that every broken relationship that we have is is first not because we have a a relationship crisis it's first because we have a singleness crisis and Mm -hmm. she was speaking to this reality that like people don't know how to be single and because people don't know how to be single they don't know how to be married and um, the fact that I need to understand before I understand my unity with a spouse I need to understand my unity with with Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. and and I have to have confidence and comfortability in a, a a heart that's no longer wounded. That I'm okay just in my relationality with Jesus. That that marriage points to this eternal reality of God's love for the church and Jesus's love for me, and mm-hmm. He wants to espouse me. And uh, I just really want our listeners to um, grow in intimacy with Jesus and allow yeah. the intimacy with Jesus to fuel the intimacy with your spouse and especially husbands. Um, the, the more intimate you are with Jesus Christ, the greater intimacy you're going to have with your wife and your children. And, and I would say if you block intimacy with Jesus in your life, you're going to have a hard time, um, opening yourself to intimacy with your spouse and your children. And if I can't be vulnerable with Jesus in my prayer and, and open to him, uh, and my prayer, I'm going to have a hard time being vulnerable and open with my spouse. Mm-hmm. And, uh, And so I just pray that we would have a a greater release of intimacy with Jesus upon all those who are listening, that you would find uh, Jesus just speaking to you and pursuing you and sweeping you off your feet. I have literally been uh, romanced by the Lord at some points and like just pursued by him in in such a beautiful way. We were uh, actually – we had a – Outpouring event last weekend where we, mm-hmm. we gathered a lot of people up at Damascus and we were worshiping and the speaker um, had spoken just about the intimacy that Jesus wants for mm-hmm. us. And we had this vision as we were praying of Jesus Christ coming in and proposing to us in a sense of like asking, like, will you marry me and that he wants to espouse us and he's asking me as an individual will I give all of myself to him and allow him to give all of myself uh all of himself to me? And just yeah. that reality that Jesus wants to uh, pursue you and propose to you and have a unity
1: with you. That's unshakable. It's pretty good stuff. Oh, I Man. love it. We're so blessed <laughs> in the church. Um <laughs> As we, uh, as we draw our show to a close today, um I, I wonder if maybe we can offer just a little bit of that Damascus missionary flair that, that our listeners love to receive from us. Um, You know, uh as, as we are charged with the mission of forming the, the lives of young adult missionaries at Damascus, um, you know, we love to celebrate the idea of engaging in awesome, uh, marriages that are going to bless the church and that are going to bless mission. I, our, our missionaries always giggle when we, when we have our formation sessions on like effective relationships. And, um, and, and we, we talk about the fact that our goal as a missionary body is that we would see good and healthy Catholic marriages come out of our ministries, that we would see little Damascus babies running around someday, right? That that we want to see, uh, we want to see the church, um, filled with this, with this awesome and intense and life giving mission. Dan, one of the things you mentioned in earlier in the show that I want to draw us back to, because I think it's so pivotal in our, in our pursuit of what relationship means in light of mission is, is the fact that God never calls us to um, – he never calls us outside of mission in order to be inside of vocation, mm-hmm. right? I remember, just to share uh, a very brief personal testimony, like, you know, my mission uh, and the mission of my family has has been engaged with Catholic U Summer Camp since I met my wife. Monica and I met uh, in our very first year at, at Catholic U Summer Camp as counselors, and um, our, the fa- members of our family, um, even members of, of our, you know, trusted adults in our lives. When, when we were married and decided that, yeah, we want to spend our marriage together on mission at Catholic Youth Summer Camp. They're like, you're crazy. Right. Or when we had our, when we had our first child, we had, we had little baby Leah in July and we were at camp in August. And, um, and their response was that's insane. Like, like, why would you want to, um, why would you want to bring your kid to live in a cabin for a summer? And, and we were like, no. It wasn't a cabin. It was a bike shed that we know, called a cabin. You know,
0: <laughs> those would so be very nice.
1: <laughs> but, but you know, um, I, I mean, I, I feel like so often our perspective is that, uh, discomfort in mission, sacrifice in mission, sacrifice in calling has its place. But its place doesn't enter into my marriage. It doesn't enter, enter into that area where I, as a father or I, as a mother, have that responsibility to like provide comfort and confidence and security for my family. Yeah. Um, God is never going to call you into comfort, confidence, or security at the expense of mission. Yeah. And I wonder
0: too, the, um, with that, it's it's possible that like I get excited about mission in the church, and then I just invest, invest, invest in that. But I do that apart from my my wife and my children. Yeah, no good. And then all of a sudden, uh, my my children's experience with the mission of the church is well, dad's always gone, or my spouse's experience as well. Um, he he he's he's passionate about this over here but he's not passionate about us and I wonder if uh if you would spend time with your spouse just asking each other what is the mission that God has for us mm-hmm. marriage is a sacrament of mission that's what the catechism says and and uh, the sacraments of mission are oriented towards the salvation of others and so if if marriage is a, a sacrament that's oriented towards the salvation of others that means first and foremost it's oriented towards the salvation of your spouse and your children right mm-hmm. and so if your house is out of order get it in order right we've got that we need we need to do that our house needs to be in order so that we're we're oriented as husband as wife to 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 Aim for the salvation of our spouse and our children, but it's not just for the salvation of your spouse mm-hmm. and your children. It says, the "Catechism says it's oriented towards the salvation of others." and And so, I'm seeking the salvation of the world. Right? <laughs> who Who is Jesus Christ asking me to serve? And And my spouse and I have been put together uniquely as husband and wife to be more equipped as as a couple than as an individual to bring the salvation Amen. of Jesus Christ into the world. And so ask yourselves, how are my sp- spouse and I as a couple asked, how are we called to help Jesus Christ bring salvation to a broken world? Amen. And and brothers and sisters, if it is simply living the American dream and living for a comfort kingdom through our, our perfect suburban house, we've missed the mark. That Jesus Christ wants you to labor in a way that you were talking, Aaron, choosing discomfort, choosing sacrifice, choosing the difficult way so that others may know the name of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what that means. Maybe it means like you're called to invest more in the parish. Maybe it means that you're called as a couple to invest in some sort of apostolate outside of the parish. Maybe it's that you're called to just invite people over to your house more and become a a sanctuary of hospitality and peace Mm -hmm. where you pray over the people that you invite over and you minister to those. I don't know what God has for you, but the mission of marriage is not an option. That your vocation is the means by which you obtain salvation, and if you live complacency, we're, we're in a sense missing, we're not only jeopardizing our own salvation, and I say that uh, <laughs> lightheartedly, I'm not telling you're going to hell, but, um, but we're ultimately missing out on the great adventure that God has called for amen. us and prepared for us in our marriage. And I think our marriages are going to find, my, I know that my marriage is strongest and most alive when my wife and I are, are deepest on mission
1: together. Amen. Right? In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. God, we love you. And we thank you for calling us into this adventure of co-laboring with you and with one another. Jesus, bless marriages. God, use our families as the, the tool that you desire for evangelization in the world today. God, give us access points into relationships that we wouldn't have otherwise because we're pursuing you not as individuals, not only as individuals, but as families. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Lord, I just pray that you would uh, just bring
0: a great supernatural healing to any broken family right now, mm-hmm. any broken marriage. Lord, I just pray that your heart for healing would be actualized in those broken families. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. Just fill them with your love and your consolation, your peace. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
1: In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Thank you. For your, you're listening once again to Beyond Damascus, a co-production of St. Gabriel Radio and EWTN and carried across the EWTN Global Radio Network. You can check out our podcast wherever podcasts are found, Beyond Damascus. And you can, of course, check out St. Gabriel Radio at www.saintgabrielradio.com.